This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. This program contains topics that may be a trigger for some listeners. If you are affected, please call Switchboard or QLife. 3 p.m. to midnight daily on 1800 184 527 or Lifeline on 131114, 24 hours a day. Oh, won't somebody please pick up the children? I'm not policeman, I'm princess. You gotta see the baby. <laughs> when are you gonna see the baby? Family matters. <laughs> This is Family Matters. I'm Beck, and I'm here with Clayton and Dave. What a gang. This is the first time this combo's ever been on together. I know. It could be the last episode of Family Matters ever, depending on how we go. Everyone seemed really worried. We was like, where's Gina? Literally three people oh, asked us where Gina was. Like, we can do stuff without our mum. We are grown-ups. Mind Somewhat. you, Gina did get the guest coordinated. She wrote um, us some questions. She ironed my pants. She um, uh, she did do that. Yeah. But look, we're going to be fine. I'm confident. And you know why I'm confident? Because of our guest tonight. They'll look after us. Well, normally it's me who brings the guns in. If anybody's seen my biceps. But we've got two guests who are from the Victoria Police. We do, Dave. And they are leading senior constables, no less. Do you know what I imagine that there's senior constables and these two just tell them where to go because they lead them? Do you think that's their job? Yeah. Anyway, okay. we will. If you, what if you want to get in touch? Well, I was going to introduce our guest, but oh. if you're like too rude to just talk about yourself, that's fine. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can SMS us on 0427 Joy, joy whew, 949 or email on air at joy.org.au. But when we come back, we are going to be talking to Lean. Oh, God, Beck. Leading Senior Constable Stephanie Else and Leading Senior Constable Gabby Tyak. You're on Family Matters. And next up, we have our new segment, which is Celebrities on Sesame Street. Oh. So this is a Sia. This is so new you didn't warn us. Well, I actually did if you were listening. (laughs) (laughs) Sia on Sesame Street. Yes. Excellent. So this was, yeah, Sia's little jaunt in Sesame Street. You are on Family Matters. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters L-G-B-T-I-Q-A and the number one. Like that. Well, you are listening to Family Matters on Joy. I'm here with uh, Dave, I think his name is, and Clayton. Sorry, mate. Um, but most importantly, we have our two wonderful guests, our lovely police persons, Gabby and Steph. Welcome to the show, guys. I like it. We healers theme. Welcome. It's very suitable, isn't it? It is. Actually, I'm going to start with that very hard-hitting question. What are your favourite police television shows? Well, mine... Sorry, Steph. Because I know the answer to this one. Um, I liked... I forgot the name of it. What did I told you before? You liked it that much. Remember? Homicide. 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 That's the one. Homicide, Life on the Street. Yeah, right. Way back in the... 90s, maybe? Yeah. Very, very good. Excellent. And what about you, Steph? Yeah, look, I enjoyed watching Blue Healers. Yeah, Blue Healers. And I'll show my age by saying Cop Shot. Ah, Mm. classic. What Mm. about you, Dave? What's yours? Oh, mine's definitely Blue Healers. I was a big fan of uh, Tom Croydon and Maggie Doyle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lisa McCune. My favourite was Police Rescue. 
See, I never watched any of those. I didn't even watch Blue Healers. I'm, I'm really not a real cop. Police Rescue, my first ever crush was Gary Sweet. And this is... I often tell weird stories about myself, but there used to be his female partner on the show. She was called Georgia. And Georgia used to always wear her hair in a plait down the back, like one plait. And I used to call it when I was like seven years old, a Georgia plait. And I would say to mum, I need to have a Georgia plait for school. So I copied my hairstyle off a police show. Well, then you really should have been a cop. I should. I'm wasted on the law. Now, ladies... (laughs) You realise that's still the law, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Hmm. Well done, Beck. Um, tonight, you're going to tell us a lot of things about safety and kids and police, mm. but we want to learn a little bit about you two first and how you came to be police officers. Gabby, I'm going to let you go first. Well, it's kind of the same theme as to what I was talking about because um, after I finished high school and I did uni and um, finished my degree and then had no idea what I wanted to do because I studied a Bachelor of Arts with Mm. um, a major in psychology and then I realised I didn't really want to deal with other people's problems. So what job would I then go to? One that purposefully solves other people's problems, really. Yeah, so I um, was wandering around going, I don't know what I want to do, I don't want to be a counsellor and my partner at the time said, well you like watching cop shows, be a cop. (laughs) And I went, sure. And the rest is history. (laughs) I went and applied and I went, went to the academy and I'm still here. And what sort of policing are you doing these days? I'm an LGBTI liaison officer, so I glow. Yes. And what does what does the glows entail? What's special about them? Well, we are trained to specialise and work with LGBTI community. So um, if someone wants to speak to a police officer and they might be a bit afraid of walking into a police station or a bit hesitant on contacting police because a lot of people are for various reasons, you know that the glows are there in a lot of the police stations, not everyone, but a lot of them, um, waiting to, to for you to call them or walk in to see them. We're, we've got extra training. We know what extra additional barriers the LGBTI community might have in relation to many things, including history with police and um, experiences with police. Um, And so we're there waiting to be contacted and and assist you. Yeah, which is wonderful. Is that something that's just in Victoria or is that Australia-wide? No, um, I think most states in Australia have it and other countries have similar roles. Um, And and even I think New Zealand has um, a lot of of roles are liaison officers or diversity officers. New South Wales has GLOWs as well. Um, And and even I think in Washington, D.C., they've got a similar role. While we're up at Mardi Gras, I don't know if you saw it, Jay, but the GLOW officers had a lot of presence around Mardi Gras. So not actually Mm. in the parade as well, but then they were on the corner of Oxford Street and for a lot of the weekend. and Yeah, I yeah. mean, we, we want to be noticeable. We want to be out there so people feel safe and, and comfortable approaching police. Uh, I mean, most police um, have some kind of training um, probably in the last almost 10 years at the police academy. We're given diversity training or something similar. So we, um, we most of us, if we've joined in the last 10 years have had this this sort of training and, and other people have had training throughout the career. So we we all can deal with all situations and all types of people in the community, but GLOWS are specialising and, and just a safe place for people to contact. Yeah, brilliant. And Steph, what's your police story? Oh, my police story is a bit boring, really. No, no it's not. I'm sure. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, I uh, finished high school and uh, decided to join the police force, uh, only to be told by my dad, no, you're not joining the police force. So I then decided to go to uni and uh, spend four years uh, at uni. Finished that, went and travelled overseas for uh, six months, came back. I then got a job with Victoria Police as a public servant 
So I worked there for a few years and then I thought, well, I'm now going to join the police force as a police officer and here I am today. And what sort of policing do you do these days? Okay, um, I've just come into this new role in proactive policing, which is uh, what we do is we do a lot of community engagement um, things and uh, crime prevention. So we speak to victims. We go to uh, residential burglaries, for example, who've been victims a few times and explain to them about how to keep their homes safe and I do a few other things so I work with the youth as well um, do presentations uh, school presentations so yeah this is where I am. Steph is new to my team and new to uh, Gabby's team yes. Ah there you go. So we have our own little team with the um, crime, crime prevention we have um, youth resource officers we have multicultural liaison officers we all, all work in one little group. Oh fabulous. We're, we're actually called uh, PPOs, Proactive Police and Operative uh, Members we are. So oh, we do yeah. a bit of everything. Crime prevention, multicultural, LGBTI. I like my police to be proactive. So do we. <laughs> so do we. We don't, we don't want to be just reactive to everything. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for telling us about yourselves. We have so many questions to ask you and so much information we're going to get in this hour. So we will be back very shortly on Family Matters. Family Matters on Joy 94.9. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy with Beck, Dave and our wonderful new police friends, Steph and Gabby. I want to be a police person um, now. You actually totally forgot me. <laughs> what did I say? Beck and Dave. Clayton, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm going to shut up Feel now. special. You take over. <laughs> so one of the focuses that we had for today was looking at how do the police engage with youth well, or young'uns? There's a lot of ways we engage. Sometimes it's not in the... It's in response to some things that they're doing, which is <laughs> not unfortunately so <laughs> not always the way we want to engage with them. But we, we try to be very proactive. That's like we were saying with our roles. We try to engage with youth to try to prevent them from heading down the wrong path and engaging with us in a negative way. Sure. Uh, at the moment, um, we have uh, kids that come in from uh, different schools across Melbourne, a year nines. They do projects within in the city and they come to us. So we do a presentation and we talk to them about how to be safe, what to look out for in the city if they're not sort of safe what should they do so that's one part of with the youth that we work with which is um quite uh, interesting and so in, in the lgbti liaison role i would i will engage with local council groups who have lgbti support support groups and go to some of their meetings and go to their events um, minus 18 one of the largest youth organizations um we we tend to go to a lot of their dances or they had the queer formal recently one of our glows went to that so we try to engage as best we can in the old days we had police in schools i mean that was the role of certain police what were they called steph do you remember oh no psops or something yeah now they're called youth resource officers where they do you know work with um kids from schools yeah so they used to have police that would i think just be in the local schools all the time but that was many many years ago i think it ended about the time i joined the job and i joined in in victoria in 2002 so they were being either finished then or slowly weaned out then so it's been a long time since we've had police in schools regularly but in your local community whatever suburb you live in uh, your school can go to the local police station and say hey we would love some of the police to come in and talk to our kids Uh, and that's how you would organize that 
And what are some of the things that schools are looking for police to talk to the kids about? I think a lot of the issues in most schools would be bullying, bad behaviour, bullying, cybercrime, all the things that are in the media uh, are happening in schools. I mean, you've seen probably more so in high schools rather than primary schools, the assaults, the bullying, the the fighting, the the set fights where it's arranged um, and and they're filming it and then putting these things online and sending it to each other. So we would go in response to a lot of those issues, but hopefully we can get into schools before those things get out of control and as you've seen in the media a lot of the time they have been out of control it does come up in the media far too much for the kids just using technology to do the wrong thing yeah and it makes all the young people look like they're terrible and that each school is unsafe and that's not true no, yeah, that's, right. that's not true we have, there are good kids there are a lot of good kids and there are a lot of good schools and usually whoever's doing this is somebody within a school it's not the whole school that's doing it it, it makes it look like it, it's the whole school. absolutely <laughs> that's right um steph you mentioned the kids coming in and learning about being safe in the city and those sorts of things. What age do you think is good for parents to start talking to kids about safety issues? Oh, look, I think kids uh, should be spoken about safety from probably when they're little and, um, you know, primary school age kids, kids need to be aware of their surroundings. Just because they're little doesn't mean they don't, you know, sort of understand. They will see something that's not right and they can report it either to a parent or a teacher or some adult that they feel comfortable with. And a primary school sort of age kid, what sort of things would you be talking to them about? Is it the old old sort of stranger danger or uh, yeah it, it would be the stranger danger danger sorry it would be um you know walking to school staying safe bit of bullying you know sort of making them aware of bullying and uh, letting them know that they can actually approach an adult and talk to um whether it's their parent or their teacher or the police and we try to make them feel safe with the police a lot of parents say to you know their young children oh if you don't behave i'll call the police well we don't encourage that we actually sort of would like parents to get parent their ki- <laughs> parent parents talk to their uh, kids and uh, take them to uh, the local police station introduce them to the police or if they're at a shopping center approach the police officers and um, just say hello so that way the kids feel comfortable and they're not scared of police we don't want them to be scared of police we want them to feel safe and be able to approach us whenever they want to how do we want kids to feel about strangers like are we are we looking to make them afraid of strangers or we don't want to make them afraid of people but we want them just to have an understanding that if someone actually approaches them and asks them to get into their car or uh, what's their name where do they live just to be a bit cautious and sort of go well hang on a moment this is not someone I know I'm not going to do that and the children can just walk off or run away or you know approach another adult nearby. I was going to say that what is the practical things you would say to kids about strangers is it run away or is it you know just say nothing or what would you say to them? Uh, Well hopefully um, if they're quite young they hopefully with another adult or an older older child so turn to that person that you're with go somewhere that they know is safe go to someone that they know is safe I, I can't imagine it would be too often that a really young child is out by themselves without anyone around them but it's important to make them aware that if you know you know the certain people in your life mm-hmm. and you know your neighbors usually you know your people in the general area if you don't know somebody you can't trust well, I wouldn't want to say I don't don't trust them but you if you don't know someone they're not someone that you go with so if if someone's asking you to do something Uh, or go with them or do anything that you normally wouldn't do, don't do it. Just try to find someone that you know um, and go somewhere safe. I remember when 
when I was a kid, they had those safety houses. Mm. Like people would have those signs yeah. on their house. Yellow that safety houses. Yeah, and like I remember as a kid getting yeah. taught, if you see a safety house, you can go in there. Is Same. that still a thing? No, they don't have them anymore. Probably people are too dodgy and that's been these for, days. Yeah, I they haven't know. had them for a very long time. And yeah, I mean, that's the 80s. Like it, it We was. were a bit more fast and loose then. They did go into the 2000s. Did um, they? They certainly still had it happening at my school up until probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's been quite a while now. But even um, if you're not in a residential street and you're in some shops, I would advise you to teach your kids to go into a shop if they're scared. Usually, there'd be a lot of people inside a shop. That would be as you would expect that to be a safe place to go to. So certain areas and certain locations can be safe places as well. And the other thing I guess that's an issue now that wasn't an issue when we were kids is online stranger danger mm. too. That's a big uh, that, yeah. That's a big thing at the moment, uh, especially with kids on all these games and they connect with other people. It could be an adult on the other end pretending to be a child and this child has no idea. So a parent needs to um, educate the kids and tell them you do not talk to anyone other than your own friends that you're with. And don't accept friend requests from people that you don't know. And if you're if we're talking about primary school kids, parents really need to monitor mm. what they're doing. And and that's where parents need to be educated too because like Steph was saying, a lot of these games you are linking in with other people and you're friend befriending them and you can actually have interaction with them and often they may not be young people. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think there is some space for parents to be educated mm. too because if I think about what I think cyberbullying is, I would think it was just, I don't know, someone's friend sending them a mean message or something. Like I would have no idea about those games or whatever, but um, I think that's probably important too for parents to know what their kids are getting up to. Absolutely. So parents need to be educated, know what their kids are doing and monitor what their kids are doing. Make make sure if, if they're off playing a game, go and see what that game is and, and what capabilities that game has. Can it interact with other people? And if it does, I'd be, be very mindful and watchful over that. Because I guess that's the concern, isn't it? You hear these stories about people pretending to be other kids to kind Mm. of, you know, entice these kids. And and kids are smart. You know, we think they're they're young and we don't think they're educated and they don't know things, but they really do. They're pretty switched on, especially with all the technology that they're involved in now. So um, it's important as a parent to talk to your kids, to have open conversations with them and to tell them about things that could happen. Don't scare them. You Mm. don't, I mean, there's no reason to scare them but make them aware that there are people out there who aren't good um, and who may take advantage of them and so they've just got to be very careful of who they're talking to and if, if it's anyone new talk to your parent first yeah um, have a conversation with them and say hey this person's trying to talk to me I don't know who they are and I guess the other aspect of that cyber stuff is between other kids too the bullying that goes on like I think about when I was a kid if I was getting bullied at school you'd kind of go home and you'd be okay but these mm. days it just follows them into the bedroom can't get away from it yeah it's 24-7 on their phones on their computers wherever they are Mm. and it's important to get involved in that conversation early because when bullying happens often young people don't want to tell anyone Mm. they feel embarrassed they feel like it's their fault often um, and they they, they certainly may not want to tell a parent because the parent will then say well you're not allowed on social media we'll take this off you Mm. You're, you're barred from it and they don't want that to happen so you've got to make it clear to them that if anything's happening to them make it make them aware that they can tell other people 
that they can trust if it's not the parent because they don't want to get punished or have any restrictions put on them that if anything's wrong if they're concerned about anything that there are other people to talk to and make sure that they do we might uh, actually just continue cyber safety very shortly uh because i've got a couple other things to ask and possibly tell because yeah show and tell Uh, (laughs) no so much show uh you are on family matters on joy 94.9 the kids are all right as for our presenters um family matters joy 94.9 you're uh here with a couple of constable leading constables stephanie not just any yeah leading constables (laughs) stephanie and gabby Hello, and, we're uh, back. We're we, still here. Good, yes, nice. We are. So we were talking just before about cyber safety. Mm. And do you have any tips for parents in around the way their kids access devices, especially like younger kids who have devices and run off to their room and things like that? I know you can put restrictions on your on the phone mm. and on on your um, laptops and on. I think even on your internet service mm-hmm. um, to prevent certain websites from being able to be accessed. I'm not very computer literate. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if you. Steph, we might be the wrong people. No, yeah, no, I can't really answer that one. <laughs> I think it's why I said tell on this one because I, I just have a yeah. bit of advice and I mean, sorry. If, but if, but yeah. if you if you Google, mm. the Google will tell you. <laughs> the Google tells you everything. <laughs> it does. Or the uh, new one, which you, when you eco something, I have to look it up. When you do it, it plants trees. Oh. So when you use it as a search engine, they plant trees when you use it. Oh, so. that's handy. Now that's I'll, cool. Mm, I'll get that by the end of the show. But what do you know <laughs> yes. about it? Because you seem like you want to tell me something. I do, because one of the really important things is when you've got kids, especially younger kids using these devices, is make sure you're in the room with them while they're using Definitely. them. Definitely. Don't let them run off to the bedroom and have them all night mm. and just doing whatever because you can't monitor it. Also, your children are not getting sleep, which is going to reduce their ability to achieve anything in life. I think you read my notes. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, no, that's very good yeah. advice. And also, yeah, just actually pick up your kid's device and look on it. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know that this is not your device. It's a family device yeah. and I'm going to check it. Don't let them have, um, if they have passwords, make sure you have them and mm. check them regularly. I know parents who also have passwords that they know the children don't know. Mm-hmm. So if they want to use the device, they have to get the parent to unlock it. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's, that's not bad too. Absolutely. And yeah. if they're anything like my kids who keep changing the passwords every time I want to have a look at the uh, devices, we're always arguing over them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just keep unplugging the internet then. <laughs> That'll <laughs> sort them out, won't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, the best p- piece of advice is what you said. Don't let young kids out of your sight when they're on have access to the internet just don't let them absolutely and that's my advice as well and what i tell parents when they ask me and they should know they can't be on it without the parent there Mm -hmm. and once they go to bed they don't have access to any of the devices that they're not in their rooms they're just not with them in fact i'd actually suggest you actually keep it in a space where the kids can't access at night so maybe in the parents bedroom or Mm -hmm. something like that because they might sneak out in the middle of the night and go grab the device and start using it so be strategic around it and not saying don't trust kids but don't trust kids but i I wonder when at what point or what age that changes when do you then decide okay you're old enough to have a bit more access mid-30s yeah (laughs) that sounds pretty accurate (laughs) i should look my own phone up sometimes um One of the things we touched on earlier was about, I guess, kids' relationship with police. Mm. And I think probably one of the first things kids see on TV is sort of in cartoons or whatever, there's a police person. Mm. What do you think is a good way for parents to introduce kids to the concept of police? I think they should do it at a very young age. Yeah. Because once kids are at walking age and able to wander off, they really need to know about police and they need to know that police are people that you can go to if you need help. So very young age, there must be some children's books or children's 
TV shows or movies or something with about police that they, they can be given. Um, the younger, the better, I think. And introduce them as like a helper. Yes, definitely. Not the person who takes you into jail when you're bad. Yeah. But the person who, if you need help, that's who you go to. They're the ones. Because I guess then, like you were saying, you know, the example of like a shopping centre or something like that, mm. if they know that police are someone, they see them there in the uniform, they well, can... Yeah, I encourage you, when you're out with your kids um, and you see a police officer, go up and say hello. And police don't care. Regularly. They're happy with police that? Police would love it because, yeah. I mean, the amount of abuse that we, we yeah. get every day when we're out and about doing our job, we actually like friendly, happy interactions so that everyone would love meeting some young kids. And I guess it helps the police too if, you know, kids are growing up to have that good relationship with them that, you know, it makes your jobs easier when you have to deal with them, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because we know that young people often don't like police. They don't like talking to us. They're scared of us. They think that we're going to, we're the ones that are going to um, get them in trouble because they didn't use their Mikey card or mm. or they crossed the road without going against the, gr- the, oh my God, the red I man. I was so scared of jaywalking when I was a kid. I remember this girl at my school when I was in about grade one telling me that if you jaywalked, you went to jail. And I le- <laughs> That's why it starts with J. Yeah. Yeah. I legit, even now, well, the concept works, freaks me out. Like, I'm like, there's it. I'm going to go up to those traffic lights. Like, I was so scared of going to jail. One of our colleagues. That was brilliant, though. Yeah, it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of our colleagues, Stephanie, uh, she uh, has three children, and one of them kept running across the road while she was pregnant. Um, young child. Uh, and so not she the child, not Stephanie. The, no. Was pregnant. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Stephanie couldn't chase her because pregnant, yeah. harder to chase young children. Yeah. Um, so, she called up the police and said, Look, can I bring my child down and can you scare, not scare them, but um, just engage with them, I suppose, mm. about being safe on the road and, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. And and the police were very happy to do of it. Of course. We would love that to happen more often. It doesn't happen very often. When we do have um, people approach us, it, it often is the, see this police officer? They'll put you in jail if you don't eat your veggies. You know, things like that. And that's that's the wrong message. Mm. One of the, I guess, extreme things that can happen to kids is, for whatever reason, whether there's been a crime or a report or something like that, they need to be questioned by police in some circumstances. What happens to kids when they need to be questioned by police? What's set up for that? Well, kids are never questioned on their own. We make sure there's an adult present. So if their own parent can't be there and they've got an older sibling, let's say, or we'll bring in an independent person to uh, sit in the interview and make sure that they're treated, which kids get treated as kids. You know, we don't we respect them. Although they've committed the offence they still need to know that they've made a mistake. And they've also got to have someone there to make sure that they understand what's happening, what they're being asked and what the consequences are. Yeah. And I guess for kids that um, haven't done something, perhaps have witnessed a crime or, you know, something's been reported to happen to them, is it the same thing if they're being, I guess, interviewed, I guess would be a better word in that situation than question, they have someone there? Always. Yeah. Every every child has a, um, a parent or an adult that's going to be with them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they approach us and they're by themselves, that would be a different circumstance because we have to find out what's going on and what they have to tell us. But then if there's anything other than, hey, I'm lost, yeah, um, then we would certainly make sure there's a suitable adult with them. Kids often get talk to their friends, I assume. Uh, so what if a friend has said to them, this is happening to me and it's something bad mm. and they've told, but don't tell anyone. Do you have any advice for that sort of situation where it's something bad's happening to someone and they, you know, the friends don't want to disclose because it's... A secret. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Kids want to protect their friends, and and secrets are often important to to young mm. people. So, but if it if they know that 
their friend is being hurt or is not safe and and kids will will have that understanding then they really should talk to somebody if it and if it's not their parent because they think they might get in trouble and the parent might tell the parent of the, of mm. the other person talk to a teacher talk to someone an out an adult even an older sibling you can speak to the police i mean we need to um protect our young people and 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 young people are also aware of right and wrong and so they would know that that person is in trouble so the it would be nice if parents would have conversations with kids about this too. If someone tells you something and you know that it's a bad thing that you and they've asked you to promise, there are some promises that you can break mm-hmm. and it's important to do so. When I talk to kids about peer support and, you know, I tell them, never promise your friend you can't, you're not going to tell them something because it's all to the peer in that case. It's because you can't always keep that promise and yeah. just tell them, look, I'm going to keep it as much as I can, but there's always some things that you have to tell. So, yeah. Kids can always... Uh, the kids helpline as well so if one child is aware of the kids helpline can say to the other child hey look let's ring this number and get some you know and that line's for kids at the age of five i think to 24 or 25 years of age so kids should be encouraged if they are aware of something that i want to tell a parent call kids helpline and i guess that's something parents should be educating kids Mm. about things like kids helpline that there is that option for them if they are don't want to tell their parents or teacher or whatever it might be that that is out there for them as well yeah because a lot of kids don't want to talk to someone or tell someone that they know because they're either embarrassed or they're Mm. scared or you know telling their teacher their parent or another adult they know they might feel a bit uncomfortable so the kids helpline is probably a good line for them to contact uh 1-800-551-800 and parents put it on your fridge you might feel like oh the kids you know am i a bad parent because the kids will want to call that number or whatever else but if it's there it's another safety blanket for them Mm, and and you're right have a conversation with them then just stick it on the fridge or stick it somewhere where they they can see it every day and then it's it's a reminder that if anything is going on all they have to do is ring that number mm-hmm. and it's easier for them to talk to someone there sometimes because it's not looking at someone face to face and it isn't someone you know yeah absolutely we're going to continue in conversation maybe go into some stuff about family violence mm. you are on um what show is this family matters Thanks. they call us i was us. gonna say geeks out which is the wrong show uh, you're a geek wherever you are <laughs> yeah. Clayton. thanks you're on family matters on joy 94.9 there's more from the family matters team in just a moment on joy 94.9 You are listening to Family Matters with Beck Clayton and Silent Dave. I'm not letting him get a word in today. But we are with our two favourite police officers, Steph and Gabby, who are educating us very well, aren't they, Clayton? They are. And we're about to go into some subjects that may be a little more challenging. So please remember the Q Life or Lifeline if you need to call those and we'll give the numbers out, we'll give the numbers out shortly. And if you've got little ears around too. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Um, now, we were talking before about kids and being scared of reporting things and those sorts of things. What sort of advice would you give to kids or friends of kids who are feeling they've been touched in a way they're not comfortable with? Because unfortunately that's that's mm. something that does come up for kids. Yeah, so assaults and sexual assaults on, on children are sadly not uncommon. They're not, I wouldn't say they're common, but mm. they're not uncommon. And um, even from very young ages, children can be victims of assaults like this. And, and they can be from family members or sometimes by strangers, but often by family members. And so for parents and I guess, um, siblings or relatives who have young children in the family, just be aware of behaviours of young young kids. Um, if anything's different, uh, if they're looking upset, if uh, they're acting in a way that's not normal, 
just have a little investigation on your own to say and and be aware of could something be happening to them when they're a bit older and they can talk about things and they're aware of their bodies that's when you start having a chat with them about okay this is your body no one is allowed to touch your body and there are certain places that people shouldn't be touching it so you you have those conversations so they can be awkward but if you say it the way i did it's Mm. not hugely you're not talking about specific you're not naming bits bits and pieces you're just saying there are parts of your body and you can just be pointing at them yeah um and so and let the child know that if anyone does try to touch them or touch them that they need to tell somebody because they shouldn't be doing that and so that's a very important conversation everyone should be having with their young young children at what age would you have that conversation with kids do you think I guess once they start being able to understand yeah. and being able to talk back, to have a conversation with them. Yeah, I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I, I'd be thinking seven, eight. Mm. Like, oh, um, maybe you're I'd go younger. I'd, I'd go younger. much younger than yeah, that. Yeah, maybe a bit younger. The I'd other, be saying three and four, probably. Yeah, and the other thing I guess parents need to tell their kids is if someone says does something and says do not tell anybody, mm. that's when you need to actually tell an adult, you know, um, again, a teacher a parent or someone trustworthy the fact that this person says to you do not tell anybody children need to understand that that is wrong it's a big red flag mm. yes. yeah and and a lot of the time when they do say something like that they threaten them mm. that if you do tell i will hurt mummy daddy whoever the person looking after you is or an animal or mm. they'll, they'll make a threat which would lead or, or i guess prevent that person from really wanting to tell anyone no matter how much they want they just won't because of that threat so as a parent tell them that that is probably what is going to be said if someone is touching you where they shouldn't they will probably say something like this and if they say don't tell someone and i hurt someone just tell them anyway to say they're not going to hurt me mm. i'm an adult i can look after myself if anyone does that or says that you still can talk to me and I guess the other thing that comes into that too is I know one of the things that is parents struggle with if their child is telling them that is what to say, what mm. to ask them, what not to say, you know, how to, I guess, make, you know, not lead them, all those sorts of things. What advice would you give to parents in that situation? I would um, just let the let the child talk, just um, let them sort of say as much as they can and then uh, ask a couple of questions as to where, you know, or when it happened. And then uh, as a parent, they could probably contact the police and we have the um, the socket unit, the sexual crimes unit, who they can be guided by them and their specialised police officers dealing with those cases. And you can ring the numbers for the for your local socket twenty four hours a day. They're right. working. So wherever you live, you just get online, look up your local police station, and ring the the police station and say, I might have a sexual offence I want to report, I want to talk to someone about it and they'll put you in touch with the right person. Yeah, which is probably a really good resource because I imagine as a parent that's quite a, you know, stressful, scary time. You don't have to wait till 9am the next day. Yeah, that's right. You want that automatic help. That's right. And and, and as we said, they are, you know, specifically trained for that. So they would be able to pass on or, you know, speak to the parent as to what needs to be done. They have good advice for parents and they also have, they're trained at how to speak with young people. Yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, there's a video on YouTube called Consent for Kids, which is an amazing video about kids giving consent mm. and talking about body autonomy, which yes. they they use all these words. So, And I would say show that to any kids who are able to watch YouTube. So, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's listening to this, we're giving a lot of advice and have a, lot, a lot of things that you can and probably should do. Mm. That's one of the things to do. Yeah, have all these conversations not in one day <laughs> no no don't say today we're going to learn everything you need to know for the rest of your life bad things that may yeah, possibly happen so, I mean, spread it out um, maybe have family meetings have a chat show some videos show some educational videos watch, watch a movie mm-hmm. uh, and 
make it not horrible, but make it educational and then do something enlightening afterwards, perhaps. Yes. And for your older kids, there's consent as a cup of tea. Which is, I know that one. Yes, that's mm. also an excellent video that explains consent extremely well and discussing it with tea. Oh, there you go. Drink. All oh, no. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, it explains it very well. It does. Um, I guess the other thing that is, is somewhat connected to that is one of the things police are dealing with a lot more now is family violence and, and issues of family violence. And obviously that's a huge impact on kids. What sort of things of as police are you seeing in that, that area? I think... Um, some of the things that have been a little bit different that we're noticing recently is um, often we look at family violence as um, amongst uh, couples, married couples or unmarried couples, whether they're same sex or not. Um, but now we're noticing that young people are being affected. Well, they've always been affected by family mm. violence, but sometimes they're the perpetrators. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, in relation to the young person being part of the LGBTI community and the family not accepting that. Um, and then there's family violence uh, because they're not accepting how that young person is feeling um, and pre- presenting themselves, I guess. Uh, there's also um, violence among siblings mm. in, in the same sorts of, sorts of situations where a person might be gay or trans and the other the other siblings aren't happy with that, the parents aren't happy with that, the young person's picked on, bullied, sometimes told they can't act that way. Mm. They end up leaving home, turning to drugs and alcohol. All, all different things happen now. So we've just got to be aware family violence can present itself in different ways and young people are often either the victims of it sometimes the perpetrators of it as well and I guess the other thing too you know being a family lawyer I've, I see a lot of this kind of stuff and I think that the interesting thing is now I mean the legislation in Victoria that covers family violence the definition in relation to kids is so broad you know the law actually talks about kids experiencing family violence as being things like having to clean up you know after an incident or seeing the police attend or all mm. those sorts of things it's it's really broad I think to encompass what we understand can be that impact on kids even if they're not the ones actually being hurt abused whatever it might be being in that environment yeah and so young people need to be aware of the support services for them because when if it's the adults who are involved in the violence and the young people are just their witnesses I'm not saying just there mm. but they're the, they are witnessing it they're sometimes victims of it if police attend then we we get the services for all the people involved but if police aren't involved often they have to suffer in silence and they Mm. don't know what to do where to turn to that's just the environment they live in and they sometimes just accept it that that's what it's like but they've got to be aware that they can reach out for support without the assistance of adults they can do it themselves and the kids helpline is is part of that process are there other resources like the kids helpline that you would encourage people to be aware of i'm sure there is (laughs) uh, but you stumped me (laughs) they definitely are for adults Mm, and definitely adults yeah but kids i'm not so sure i actually don't know either because um there's the respectful relationships program in school which is about family violence and creating respectful gender-based relationships between males and females. So that's therefore, hopefully, in the future, will stop the violence mm. from happening. But I actually don't know if it talks about the ways to kids to get help. So that is what mm. I'm going to find out. But this is why we encourage that kids uh, learn to or you know to be comfortable and trust one the police or trust you know their teachers mm. to be able to approach them um, if they're experiencing family violence within the house um, to be able to go up to you know a teacher and say look this is what's happening at home. Um, and I guess if things are happening at home, then sometimes kids will see school as their safe as, place. Yes, that's right, yes. And, and then it's, often it isn't because yeah. we know 
the bullying that goes on there. So, um, and we know that for LGBTI young people, school is one of the most unsafe places. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of young people have a lot of things to deal with, and um, sometimes it's not easy to find support. But as a young person and as a parent, it's important to teach them to find someone to trust other than the parents themselves someone at school that they can trust a particular teacher or counsellor so if they ever get into a crisis they already have that connection and they can feel comfortable going to that person and I say the same thing about the GLOWs um, and, and I guess for young people just their, their local police if you get to know them mm-hmm. if, you, um, if, you, if you see them regularly or you pop in and you're involved in police events because the iWatch page a lot of um, police stations have an iWatch like a Facebook kind of page um, and it talks about what the police are involved in and the community events and you can go and meet the police. If they have those relationships, if they do get into trouble or in a crisis, then going to police wouldn't be a scary thing because they already have that relationship. Yeah. Do they still have blue light discos? Uh, I think so. In some areas they do. That was like, I had my first kiss at a blue light disco. <laughs> I used to love it. The police used to put them on Friday nights and we'd like go and... Di- I can't old. Did you ever go to blue light discos? I think I might have gone to one. Oh, it was like my social life. It was the best thing ever. But the police were always there because yeah, yeah. they were putting it on. So you, you knew them in the area. Bring back the blue light disco, I say. Okay, well, we'll can you put that on the we'll, police we'll, agenda? Uh, we'll put yes, it in the agenda for the chief yeah. Monday morning. I'm sure that's top of the list for the chief of police. Blue light discos. Yeah. So we'll be back very shortly to wrap up. You are on Family Matters on Joy ninety four point nine. The life issues that well um matter. Family Matters on Joy ninety four point nine. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9. We have had the wonderful Steph and Gabby here leading senior constables. Clayton, not just any senior constables. But leading. And we are learning so <laughs> Do, much. Does that mean you lead in the dance? Like, oh, God, the no. Blue light disco? I'm not blue light leading disco. in any dance, no. Oh, yeah, blue light discos. The leading senior constable basically is just you've been in the job a certain number of years. I think it's 11 or 12 years, and it's a rank um, recognition. What do you go to after leading senior constable? Well, then you have to start applying for positions. Oh, so. Okay. so it so becomes a promotion yeah. to a sergeant. Oh, like Sergeant Tom Croydon on Blue Hillers. Moving up the list. But we're happy being leading senior constables, aren't we? For we now. love it. <laughs> now, we've got three minutes. Drugs. Drugs. Go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> drugs. Well, I was already off air going, I don't want to do this one. You do it, Steph. So. <laughs> Tell us about drugs. <laughs> okay. Look, Where can um, we get them? No. <laughs> Well, we know that people in primary school, unfortunately, there are have access to drugs. That's right. Or may have access to drugs. That was very very inappropriate. Yes, it was. (laughs) Sesame Street. Oh, good point. Sorry. But is it becoming a problem for younger kids? Uh, There are a lot of young kids who have access to drugs, um, given that they mix with the wrong crowds. Mixing with older kids, Older kids, yeah. There's older kids who encourage them to uh, take drugs within the schools. There are schools that are possibly have got drugs. Um, but again, it's up to the parent parents to educate the kids and explain to them what drugs do, um, what to look out for, and if someone gives them something, to not take it. And there's probably kids in schools who, even if they don't use the drugs themselves, they still have that experience with drugs at home. That's true. Yeah, It seems like a lot of this is about um, parents having mm. good conversations with their kids early on. Very much so. So that kids understand. They're not scared, but they understand. 
and then hopefully that sets them up for for dealing with some of these things later on. That's right, and they will come across, you know, um, they they'll come across someone who's uh, drug affected, or and you know, if parents show them what someone looks like drug mm. affected, or what happens to someone who uses drugs. Hopefully, this will prevent them from wanting to experience or you know experiment with uh, drugs in the future. Yeah, absolutely. What's your parting message for for parents and kids and families? What's the best thing we can all learn from the police? Well, come and say hello to us. I think yeah. that's the very that's what I've learned. That's, that's, that's my a really takeaway. easy, basic thing to do. Don't grab your kid and walk away from us because maybe you're scared of us too. You don't want a parking ticket or something like yeah. that. Just come up and say hello. We're, we're just people. We're just people in a, in a uniform. Because I think even as adults, like I find if I'm driving and a police car pulls up next to me, I'm like, what did I do? Don't worry. We do the we same thing. We feel the you? same. Yeah. We feel the exact same. <laughs> that way. makes me feel a lot better, actually. Uh, Senior Sergeant Mick has said, Gabby, doing a great job. Cheers. Oh, like, thank you. Senior Sergeant Mick. Who is a joy member. Yeah. Oh, good on Mick him. sometimes volunteers here. Okay, there we go. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. Senior Sergeant, he's fancy, isn't he? All right. Well, I don't look, know on the system how that works. Senior Sergeant. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, cool. I think so. Well, he's, what, he's above us. Okay. <laughs> he had to go for a few promotions. Yeah. He studied and got through some exams too. Good on you, Mick. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Gabby and Steph. It's been very educational. We've learned a lot. And I am going to say hello to all the police I see out and about. Please do. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Dave, for sitting silently in the Moral back. support. You've been listening to Family Matters. We will be back next week. This program contains topics that may be a trigger for some listeners. If you are affected, please call Switchboard or QLife 3pm to midnight daily on 1800 184 527 or Lifeline on 131114, 24 hours a day. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.